Welcome to episode 20 of Paper Talk, a monthly series of podcast interviews featuring artists and professionals who are working in the field of hand papermaking. I'm Helen Hebert, and today I'm talking with Beck Whitehead, an artist in San Antonio, Texas, who creates paper paintings and one-of-a-kind books. Beck is recently retired from a long tenure at the Southwest School of Art, where she first learned to make paper over 30 years ago and went on to become chair of papermaking and book arts. She has taught workshops and exhibited her work widely. Hi, it's Helen Hebert with Paper Talk. It's October 25th, 2017, and I'm in San Antonio, Texas, in Beck Whitehead's studio. Hi, Beck. Hi, Helen. Hey, so uh, let's talk a little bit about how you discovered paper in the dark <laughs> ages. Do you remember? <laughs> okay, so um, a friend of mine in graduate school said, oh, it's so easy to make paper. You just take your printmaking paper and tear it down and boil it up and you can make sheets out of it. Uh-huh. Okay. And then um, the Southwest School in town, uh, which was then the um, Southwest um, Craft Center. And where were you in graduate school? I went here at UTSA, at okay. uh, University of Texas, San Antonio. Uh-huh. So... Um, after graduate school, um, I um, friend of, another friend of mine uh, said, "Hey, there's this um, there's a paper studio at the craft center. You should you should go down there. These are the, some of the things that I've done down there." So I think he was in the first class uh-huh. uh, that Susan McIndolan taught. Okay. And uh, so I went down um, and took a class with her. Um, at the time, I was working at um, a computer company here in town, mm-hmm. and the computer company was um, mismanaged. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was in the marketing department. I was doing some photography work, mm-hmm. and um, so I got laid off from this company and uh, was getting some money from that and right. some unemployment and went down and um, was getting some work photographed in their photography department at the craft center. And um, the director came in and said, hey, um, you know, is she interested in coming down here? So I got up, I became a resident artist. There was an artist in residence program at the time that was basically um, getting a lot of artists to, do free work, <laughs> uh-huh. but you got uh, access. To so, the but facility. I got a- access to the facility, and my and the work part of my um, um, time down there was um, working in the paper studio with Susan. Uh-huh. So um, I started collaborating with her and uh, working in the paper studio, learning some things, and um, and then she left, and I. S- stayed on and kept running the paper studio and was eventually hired and um, was there for 30 years. So it was kind of this thing that I fell into. Right. So in graduate school, you studied printmaking or photography? No, I did sculpture. Oh, sculpture. Okay. (laughs) You mentioned printmaking. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. My friend was, uh, Maddie Ortiz was doing printmaking. Uh, so what kind of sculpture, just briefly? I, I did a lot of things with fabric. Okay, so fiber. Uh, fiber, and I did some things mm-hmm. with clay. And, mm-hmm. 
And so, like, about what year was that when you started so, at the so School of Craft? 85 is when I went down as a, as a resident. Resident? Yeah. And what kind of things were happening there? Like, what were Su- you and Susan doing? In so, Susan's, um, Susan was mostly bringing in people to um, different artists from different areas to work in the paper studio. Mm-hmm. And don't, um, don't ask me the names of mm-hmm. the people I can't, um, <laughs> can't come up with it. Although, um, there's, a, there's a piece... Um, in the hand paper making auction. auction by William Wegman that right. was done there, and he was one of the people that I worked with. That was after Susan left. So Susan left, and um, I was asked to stay on to to facilitate classes uh, while they looked for somebody, uh-huh. while they figured out what was going on. So um, Bernie Vinzani and Katie McGregor were going to come in and teach. A class mm-hmm. and work with William Wegman. Mm-hmm. So I I worked with them. I met them. I was at the point of thinking that I would probably stop doing paper and I would leave uh-huh. and do something else. And I you know I didn't know what that was, but I wasn't that excited about paper. Uh huh. So I um, I met them. Um, they were really encouraging. Um, it was fun working with William Wegman. It was an interesting experience. He was um, using mostly using their paper. We, we were making some paper. We were doing some things that were just paper, uh-huh. and then doing some things uh, using their paper that um, the photography department was in treating the paper and putting photographs on. Okay. So we're doing kind of two different two different projects. Right. Um, so they invite they invited me to come to their studio. So Jan- in Maine. In Maine. Okay. So January first, uh-huh. I I flew to Maine uh-huh. and stayed for two weeks, and we worked on a, some paper for Clear Van Fleet. Okay. For um, the quilt, I can't think of the name of the book. It's the quilt book. Yes. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ah. So, so during that time, that was a real, that's what paper was being used for in a lot of parts of the country. It yeah. seems like artists right. were being right. um, introduced to paper as a medium mm-hmm. and sort of a collaboration between the technician, paper maker, yeah. and artists right. to create right. work. Right, right. And so then you got hooked, or so yeah. So they were here. yeah. So I got more interested in in what could be done with paper. Mm-hmm. They showed me a lot of uh, paper samples mm-hmm. and um, got me interested. Um, so I I kept going. Yeah. So um, so my 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 paper education was really through all these people that came to the school to. Uh, first working with Susan, doing collaborations with her, and then people that I started bringing in to do workshops. So if there was a technique that I was interested in, I would bring somebody in and uh-huh. learn that technique and kind of combine. So my work kind of combines things that I learned from all these different people. Right. So how did you learn about all these people? Did you go to conferences? Uh, yeah, I started going to Dart Hunter uh, 
Uh, Bernie and Katie introduced me to um, a lot of people, mm-hmm. shared some mm-hmm. some um, slides with me. And mm-hmm. Back then it was, right. there was no, <laughs> no digital. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't no digital at that point, but right. um, shared images with me of different people's work. and. I got, you know, one person would lead to the connection to another person, mm-hmm. or they would, you know, get somebody's phone number and just call, call them and say, this is who I am, and this right. is, you know, where I work, and would you come and, and do a class? Right. So they would teach a class, and then, um, the, did you continue the, the producing of work? And what was the arrangement uh, yeah, so with some. the artists in the school? So, yes, so some, but not as much. Mm-hmm. Um, Nancy O'Banion came with um, mm-hmm. Angel- uh, Angelica Sermon mm-hmm. from um, Portland mm-hmm. um, and did a collaboration between the two of them, and I worked with them to help facilitate that. There were some other people. Yeah, that came. I wrote an article in hand paper uh-huh. making, so uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> to go back to that to yeah to remember everybody that came. And so, when work was produced, was it um, split? Like the school got some, and so um, mostly the school got one or two pieces, uh-huh. and then the artists got the rest. The rest. Uh-huh. Um, and so, over thirty years at the school, just talk a little bit about. So yeah, so what that developed. yeah, so that changed over that program changed mm-hmm. every time a new director would come in, then they would say, "Oh, well, this is what I want to do." Mm-hmm. Or, so the program changed, and there, and there's less um, that collaboration program ended a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the school was in um, the school is in the old part of the campus is a is a convent it's mm-hmm. and and girls school. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main part of the school building burned before the school took ownership of the property. Okay. So what's left are the are the older buildings, um, uh, the chapel. Um, there's actually two areas that were chapels, um, the the residence hall and um, things like that. So that's the older campus, and then there's some new buildings that have been added on. The ceramics is all all new construction. And then they purchased across the street uh, an old Sears automotive building, uh-huh. and then that was renovated. And so the paper studio moved in 98 to that, to that space. Oh, right. That's when I was here last, so it was just brand new. Okay, right? yeah. Um, and... and uh, so the school, how old is the school? And it was a community, it's, it's a big community school. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a community school. It has a, a large, very large children's program and, and uh-huh. school outreach program. Uh-huh. So there's free um, and paid classes for children. And there's a, a, a um, teen program, an mm-hmm. after-school teen program. Okay. Um, adult um, continuing education classes, community classes. So that's been going on for over 50 years. And then it now has a BFA program that is in its fourth year. Right. And still, they're working on accreditation, but that shouldn't... That should follow But should should follow Yeah, cool, cool. Okay, and then um, let's talk about your work. 
So, uh, so you studied sculpture and then you got interested in paper and, um, what, what was your early work and is it, is there a progression or is it similar? (laughs) Um, so it's, I go back and forth between flat, Uh um, images. I mean, I think probably my early work is probably pretty typical of Mm -hmm. a lot of paper makers, Mm -hmm. early paper making work. Um, I did some, um, added some print to it, but not, not very much. Mostly it was just strictly paper, mm-hmm. um, abstract, and then I started adding images to it, so there was a combination of things. Um, and then I have been alternating with flat work um, and sculptural pieces, so I've been I did a series of drums. It was a drum concert mm-hmm. at the school um, a number of years ago mm-hmm. with featuring paper drums um, with a percussionist that I collaborated with. Okay. She, so she wrote a piece uh-huh. to do um, on the drums. Um, so you yeah. do... Well, I know your pulp paintings. And, yes. and you yeah. have a very um, distinctive style that you've developed Mm -hmm. can you talk about that so mostly it's stencil work Uh um not not totally so i'm i'm doing a lot of um maybe flooding an area and then doing some color blends so you're uh are you making a base sheet making a base sheet what what pulp do you like for the base so the base sheet is usually abaca Abaca base sheet. Abaca base sheet. And then you're coaching that, um, or you're working yeah, so on most, top of it. Yeah, mostly using a um, a deco box mold. Okay. To make the base sheet, um, mm-hmm. and then I'm um, letting that either letting that dry down enough that I can um, do pulp painting on it. Um, doing a lot of wet work, and then letting that settle or pressing it lightly, and then doing some brush work on top of that using stencils. Using stencils for both, uh-huh. so and building up an image. It's mostly images, uh, mostly um, identifiable images, but not um, totally realistic. Right. You have a interest in Mexican toys. Is that right? Yeah. So that was yeah. That was a, a series was um, okay. from my collection of Mexican toys uh-huh. and kind of animating them and um, trying to make a story out of out of what was. About from the image, um, done other, yeah, series, a series. Um, and so, uh, how do you how do you beat the pulp? So the base sheet and versus the pulp, painting pulp. Um, let's see that abaca. Just a rough idea. Yeah. So it was beaten so that it would shrink. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I started, uh, when I was doing the drum, started working with um, frames. I mm-hmm. was, did some sculptures. Yeah, you so the, yeah, style so the, yeah, so the, the drums developed from some sculptures that I did uh-huh. that were um, these house shapes on, on stilts, so it was long, so that, they, so that there was like a... An, um, the front of the piece was open, and then there would be a chair inside. So it was a house shape. Um, and paper was stretched around. Paper was around stretched around a wooden, a wooden armature. armature. 
um, and then the front was open and the, a chair would be inside. So I real so making these, especially because it was um, the height of a person, you could stand in front of it, and and if you were speaking into it, you would get this great oh, sound that would come yeah. out. So uh -huh. the, the sound started to interest me, and I started talking to the drummer. So right. that's how the uh -huh. that's how the drums developed. Um, and then I was doing paintings like that, so I was stretching paintings. Um, that became problematic because they were so delicate. Mm -hmm. So they, they broke so easily. So then I started getting either um, a canvas that I would work over, stretch paper over mm -hmm. a, a canvas frame or um, a wooden box, mm -hmm. which is my preferred. Oh, okay. So, I so would, you have a solid. So solid. Piece there, piece and it's the protected. Just over. Oh, yeah. that's so smart. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. it was, you know, kind of um, necessity. Necessity, yeah. yeah. Oh. So, yeah. So the the abaca's beaten for several hours so, so that, that it has some shrink and it dries mm -hmm. top on that. So it's a thin, a thin base sheet, and then the pulp paint is, is very thin on top of that. And so, how are you beating that pulp for the pulp painting? The, the pulp painting, so some of the pulp painting is the same abaca okay. that, for the base sheet just pigmented. So uh -huh. sometimes I pigment the base sheet. depends on what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes it's plants. It depends on what I need in the painting. Um, and then cotton rag um, or flax has been beaten for a long time so that it's uh, super short. So like how many hours? Well, it depends on the beater, right? Right, yeah, <laughs> in your beater. In um, in the, are yeah, in the beater I was using then it was probably four or five hours. In a, a valley that I have now, um, three to four hours, mm -hmm. I guess, depends on what I'm starting with. This episode of Paper Talk is sponsored by Paper Weaving, a new online class with Helen Hebert. Start the new year with a burst of creative energy. This in-depth experience into paper weaving will introduce you to new ways of working with paper in two and three dimensions. We'll begin by exploring basic paper weaving techniques as we create a set of four note cards. Next, we'll make a shaped paper weaving, a table runner, a window wall hanging, a double pamphlet stitched book with a woven paper cover and a woven paper lantern. We'll also explore a unique cutting technique that integrates layers of paper. Use your own papers, purchase a kit containing a gorgeous selection of Japanese papers, or mix and match. Work from the comfort of your own home or studio while participating in an online forum where you can share images of what you are making, see what other participants are creating, ask questions, and receive feedback on your work. Class begins February 7th. Watch a short video, read more, and register at helenhebertstudio.com forward slash classes. That's H-E-L-E-N-H-I-E-B-E-R-T studio.com slash classes. And so do you, um, do you just have like a constant palette mixed up of different colors, or do you work specifically... On a series, the colors that yeah, you're helping. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I develop colors for that, for that series, mm -hmm. and that, 
and that takes a while and then those colors kind of hang around in the refrigerator for a while until mm-hmm. I use them up somehow. And so you... So a lot of times I'll, I'll mix basic colors and then I'll mix my colors from that. So I'll mm-hmm. you know, make a palette of just um, straight, straight from the bottle or straight from the powder pigments uh-huh. and then mix. Right. Are you using aqueous dispersed or powdered pigments? Both. Both. Now I'm using more powder. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And I'm working on a, um, doing tests, color pigment tests. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so are you, are you using formation aid or any sort of... So I'm using formation aid, although I've started using more methacellulose. Uh-huh. So in 2010, Lynn Sirius and I put together a, oh, yeah. Let's a talk pop about painting that. symposium. Yeah. Um, and that happened here? And that happened at the here school. at the uh-huh. school. Um, what we wanted to do was we wanted to just get together with other people that did similar things yeah. that we did. And, and we um, put together, a, it's like a four-day weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were 11 people that attended, and each person gave a presentation. Mm-hmm. It's about an hour, hour and a half mm-hmm. presentation, and then um, followed by playtime, so we all had a chance to kind of experiment with their materials, and uh-huh, everybody right. was responsible for bringing their own um, painting pulp, uh-huh. um, and they were supposed to work the way they work in their studio, yeah. and not so when we when you go to teach, you know that sometimes you can't replicate what you, you can't do replicate at home. what yeah. you do at home. So you're you're having to either teach some beginning things to go along with what you're doing, depending on what level the students are, or you're you're kind of narrowing it down to one technique, mm-hmm. and you're not doing what you do in your work. And so that's what we wanted to yeah. do in this. Symposium is super valuable. Sharing, sharing uh, yeah. your knowledge with your peers. Yeah, right. right. So you learned something about methyl cellulose. So I, like yeah. So so from Who Shannon Brock, uh-huh. I, she um, uses methyl cellulose. Um, she uh-huh. doesn't like the the formation. Uh-huh. Aid, so so and that and that works really well with the with the brush painting pulp. So I've been I use it. I kind of go back and forth, but um, I mostly use that now for for the pulp painting. Right. So, just describe a little bit of your process. So, you have you're using stencils. How are you applying the pulp and pushing it through the stencil? And then with the brush, do you dip in and paint, <laughs> or do you pour it on and then brush it? I'm just yeah. I don't really know yes. because I haven't seen you do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I my technique changes uh-huh. all the time because of the way that I learned, and it really depends on what. I, what I want to do, what uh-huh. kind of effect I want to get. So I've, I make a base sheet. Yeah. Um, sometimes I do some kind of wet work on top of that, um, either a pouring on the mold and then couching, or um, using a formation a mixed with pulp and putting it on uh, with a turkey baster. Mm-hmm. Or, or doing it just for a big for a swash big of color, swash of yeah. color uh-huh. to add color to something. Uh-huh. Um, sometimes I do that with um, a stencil down, mm-hmm. so I'm blocking off 
part of the paper. Mm-hmm. So working really wet. And do then, you use mylar? What do you use for your stencils? Mylar. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So buy a big roll of it. And, yeah. Um, cut it down. Um, and then from there, I um, go to to brushwork, and then that's also with the stencils. So stencils. Um, will get kind of cut down as, as I go. So like when I start a piece, it might be two pieces of stencil and then those two pieces turn into eight pieces or 10 pieces. Oh, or so it's like a tiny. reduction printing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. And so then you're, um, describe the brush work. So, yeah. So the brushes that I use, um, range in size from, um, an inch or two to um, a fine point, mm-hmm. it's a tiny brush. Mm-hmm. Um, I like watercolor brushes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, brushes are really kind of personal to how, what sure. you, what you yeah. what you feel. Um, and I'm usually working with a pulp that's been watered down mm-hmm. quite a bit. So I'm doing a lot of, of washes, um, trying to get blends of layers of color so that I'm not covering up. So you're actually masking, picking up the pulp, picking up the pulp on with the brush, brush and, and then and laying it down. Uh-huh. And it, to me, it's a lot like um, ceramics, you know, mm. working on uh, bisquare. So it's, uh-huh. you know, you can't you can't keep brushing it around, or you just right. take it away. Right. And there must be some. Um, you just know because you've done it so long, sort of how it's going to dry and right. yeah. how many layers to apply, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. Yeah, and uh-huh. then because. At the when I put something over um, a frame, once it's on there, there's not, you know, there's not really anything you can do. But right. If if there's something that I missed that I didn't like, then I just do the piece over and put it on top of. Uh, so okay. maybe more than one layer on something. Right. So then you're. So you're pressing the final yeah, piece, right? Pressing it, and, and then, then and then putting it on wet, if right. if it's going on to a, to your frames. Do you have right. your frames custom made, or are they? Um, no, I mean there's so many there's available so many. There's, now. Yeah, now I used to have to do right. Custom. And are you using PVA glue or are you any glue? It's a, or does well, it's it, a blend of now. It's a blend of PVA and methylcellulose. So that there's a little working time. If it was just right. straight PVA, right? Yeah, put it down, and that would be it. So, just and to do you remove it. any of the sheet in the corners? Yeah. So it's um, so I was doing kind of a like a hospital fold on the corners, and uh-huh. and to get but to get rid of that, I have a little system that tears away. So I, it's a really clean edge, and you can't really even um, see where that right. Once it's dry, it depends on what, what, the what colors the paper is there. Right. You know, if it's the same, sure. it really kind of blends in. Right. And use a Teflon folder to kind of work. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. And uh, so, so, are you making? I'm just trying to envision your working area. Are you making how many in a day? And are they just oh. laying around to dry, or do you just do one? It takes so usually, usually if I'm doing a pulp painting, I'm usually working on at least two, be- two. because um, of the of the wait time. Mm-hmm. So it mm-hmm. encourages me to put something down 
and go work on something else. So I'm going back and forth between two pieces. Right. And then that lets one sit uh, while the other okay. one is. So the the water has to kind of absorb yeah, it. Yeah, right. There needs between to be, yeah. So, yes, yeah. You, if you rush it too much. It's, right, right. And I work on things for days. So, uh, okay. So I cover it with plastic, keep it wet. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. So I, I work pretty slow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, it kind of depends on the image and mm-hmm. um, what I'm doing. So some things are... Um, you know, I could do in a couple of hours and some things it's a week and a half. A week and a half, yeah. Huh, cool. Okay, and then let's talk a little about your sculpture work. So that the last um, five or ten years, I've been um, kind of alternating between doing flat and sculptural. So... Um, sure what year it was um so I did a piece called Flora and Fauna um mm-hmm. where I I took some techniques that Melissa J. Craig mm-hmm. was doing um around armature and um, some high shrinkage so um and did a piece that came off the wall mm-hmm. um but it was uh, three-dimensional um and followed by um a piece called Memories, which is um, these small kind of um, cup-like containers that are attached um, with a crocheted um, uh, thread uh-huh. and um, hung from an armature on the ceiling. So, and I can't remember how many there were. Of those. Uh-huh. About a thousand of those containers that all hung together in a group, different colors and different lengths. Uh, and and uh, talk about the concept. So um, my brother um, had um, brain cancer, mm. and and since then, um, just kind of watching that process and mm-hmm. then reading more about the brain, and, yeah, um, and memories and how we we store memories and lose memories and. Um, so each the idea was that each one of these containers was like a some kind of uh, memory from the memory. past, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I did a string. They were on a string, so they were the containers were connected by this crocheted thread, and one thread would hold um, anywhere from eight to sixteen of these mm-hmm. little containers. Um, and I did one for each year. Okay. So they were, I don't know, I can't remember what year I did it, so there were like 63 of them or 64 of them or something. Okay, cool. Oh. And then these sort of landscape pieces. So, the, yeah, the landscape pieces are based on strata. Uh-huh. And um, uh, we do a lot of um, driving trips, um, mostly to the west. And mm-hmm. I've always been really intrigued by the... Um, the road cuts, highway yeah. cuts. Yeah. And um, geologists use the those cuts. I mean it's they're um, it's it's basically a um, history book right. of what's happened in that right. in that spot. Um, and so the geologists can come in and read um, 
right. and the history the of that, periods. the time period of that area, mm-hmm. and what happened in that area. I didn't try to recreate a particular place, um, but just use kind of the, uh, the image of the strata. I went out to um, uh, Langtree, Texas, mm-hmm. population 12, uh-huh. <laughs> with a friend of mine, and uh, she has a, a little house there. So we stayed there and drove around and took photographs of, uh-huh. of, the, of the highway cuts there. And then we went off. Um, Langtree is there because the railroad building across uh, the southern part of the United States um, built um, a cut that went took it down to the Rio Grande or to oh. a, to a place off the Rio Grande to get water right. and then back up and so Langtree is in that cut oh. that the railroad took and so we went onto some private property and looked where the where the track used to be the the railroad's gone now, the track's gone, but um, where um, the Chinese workers had come in and handmade a oh, cut. Yeah. So um, looking at the difference between the mechanical highway cuts uh, and then the hand, hand-hewn right, um, right. earth there. Right, and so these are uh, on the wall pieces. We'll post a picture. Yeah. But, um, are you making these strips of paper in that shape? Or are you tearing or cutting? Yeah, or? so they're in. Yeah, they're in that shape. So they're different shapes. So mm-hmm. I was um, using stencils, foam stencils okay. that were cut, um, and then um, using um, interfacing as I, I would glue them down with methylcellulose. So the edge is glued down, built up, and then a piece of interfacing between the wet paper. So it wouldn't stick. So it wouldn't stick. But it did stick on one edge? Yeah, or, so I glued yeah. it down and then a piece of interfacing and then put another piece down and then another piece of interfacing and then the interfacing comes out. So you're saying these 12 to 15 inch tall pieces were all created stacked all together? Or, well, no, they were glued. So the, the paper, the board is covered. Yeah. And then um, each layer is added, glued on, on the, the edges glued to the base. Okay. To the wooden base with the paper on it. With the interfacing. The and then an interfa- piece of interfacing in between. And then I can only go so far at a time and I uh-huh. let that dry, take the interfacing out, and then do the next. So this just takes a week. Long, oh no, it takes long. longer. Yeah, it takes a long time. But you're letting months. each section dry, and then you're still yeah, it dries overnight. Yeah, right. Yeah, so I could come. So in. you're building it like the earth yeah. built. Yeah. Oh, that's like, cool. Yeah. Except usually I would start in the middle and work down and then up, uh, down and up, rather uh-huh. than so I could right. work both two directions at once. So I could do uh-huh. a little bit more uh-huh. that way. I like that. I I would. I don't know. I just assume these were all dried little pieces, and then you put it all together. Yeah. But no. you're actually constructing it. As, yeah, as I'm going. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. And then deciding Fantastic. what the next color is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And those are mostly, not completely, that one you're looking at isn't, but um, the columns that you were looking at inside are, um, are um, powdered pigments. So they're mostly earth. Uh-huh, earth pigments. Earth to make earth, uh, yeah. Yeah. 
Right. And then I'm just looking at one of your pulp paintings, like those lines on that cup or whatever that shape is. So that scratched through. Scratched through. Yeah. Yeah. The wet. Yeah. yeah. So you have some really cool techniques. And then the images go wrap around the edge with the frames. I like that too. Mm -hmm. um, so what are you working on now? Um, well, I'm working on a, a piece for the city for the San Antonio is celebrating its 300th anniversary next year. So um, I'm working with um, 299 other artists yeah. to do an exhibit. Um, and my year is 1777. So I'm doing a map. So every artist gets has a got, year. Gets a year. Randomly selected. Mm -hmm. um, um, was assigned a year. So you're doing a map of... So I'm doing a map of San Antonio uh -huh. um, that shows the original um, Presidio um, and then the Spanish boundary of, of the area, which was um, six by six miles, 36 square miles, uh -huh. which was a, kind of a standard Spanish. Right, right. Cool. And so... Um, you yeah. just left the Southwest School a couple um, years yeah. ago, or a year and a half ago? A year and a half ago, retired a year and a half ago. Okay. So you're making work, and I know you. your collection of artist books has gone to UTSA. Yeah, right. I didn't realize that was your alma mater, so that's yeah. very nice. <laughs> so you're making a statement here in San Antonio. Did you grow yeah. up here? No, I'm from Arkansas. Arkansas, that's right. And then I went to high school in Houston and moved here okay. from Houston. Okay, cool. All right. Well, thanks, Beck. Yeah, it's thank great you, talking Alan. to you. All right. Hey, paper friends. Did you know that I write a weekly blog called The Sunday Paper, featuring stories of people doing exciting, innovative, and beautiful things with paper? Sign up at helenhebertstudio.com slash blog. I'm also creating a lot of content over here, and the best way to stay updated is to join my newsletter list to learn about free tutorials, online classes, workshops, and the annual Red Cliff Paper Retreat, which takes place right here at Helen Hebert Studio in Colorado. You can sign up at helenhebertstudio.com. This wraps up our episode, and if you listen to the podcast on a regular basis, you'll notice I've done a bit more editing than usual. This is thanks to the help of Gary A. Hansen. Visit HelenHebertStudio.com and click on Paper Talk, where you can find out more about Gary and his services. Subscribe to this series via iTunes. You can also leave a review. I'd appreciate that. And listen to other episodes and access all of the archived shows. Talk to you soon. The reason, the season, 